welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of mischievous monsters. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today we got a crazy topic. This is a crazy one, Paul. So here's my intro, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the Greek alphabet very well? I wouldn't say very well, but uh, somewhat, somewhat. Do you know what the 10th letter of the Greek alphabet is? Kappa. How did you know that? It was a guess, but I knew Kappa was one of them. And since I know what this episode is about, I I took a guess. All right. Well, you're correct. The 10th letter of the Greek alphabet is Kappa. I did not know that. I don't know the Greek alphabet very well at all. I didn't know that either. Alpha, beta, theta, is Z, is that one of them? Z, I believe, is the last. Omega. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't need to name all the Greek letters Gamma. that I know. Yeah, that's one. I've heard of that. So, Kappa, you know what it looks like? It is an aquatic creature about half what? the... No, no, the Greek letter. Oh, oh. <laughs> ah. No, no, I don't remember what the letter looks it like. It just looks like a K. It's okay. the letter K. Apparently, in the Greek numeral system, it represents the number 20. Okay. Yeah. There's also an Italian clothing brand called Kappa. Did you know that? Yes. That came up uh, once or twice when I was searching for things about Kappa. Did you know that before? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, me either. So I was trying to be like, you know, like origins of Kappa. Like Kappa was founded in 19 whatever. Like, no, 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 this is what I want. They have a logo that's like two people sitting back to back, like on the ground. That's sweet. Yeah. And then for COVID, they changed it to where the two people have like a space in between them for like social distancing. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's not super relevant to today's topic. I just wanted to come up with some way to introduce that word kappa. But in Japan, kappa is a very different thing, right? Yes. Why are you looking at me like that? Is that a terrible intro? Did I just totally screw this up? So I don't want to say that, but... <laughs> but you you totally I, want to say I that? I have in my notes, oh, Jason has a lead-in. So I was just <laughs> trying to like be quiet, and I was like waiting for your lead-in, and then, I, then, I was, then you said that, and I was like, oh, the COPPA thing, the letter thing, that's the lead-in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, that's cool. Well, it doesn't feel very cool now. <laughs> It was educational. All right. Anyway, the Japanese kappa is a yokai. A yokai is a type of Japanese monster. If you don't know what a yokai is, go check out episode 16. We talked all about yokai. And this is one of the craziest, weirdest, but also most popular yokai from Japanese mythology. Yeah. Essentially, they're these... Green reptilian type things that hang around rivers and lakes and they hurt people and animals. Yeah, they can be portrayed as troublemakers or trickster type figures, but can also just be straight up murderers too. Yeah. I mean, they sound like super scary in some of these legends. They can be portrayed in a large number of ways though. There are cute kappa depictions out there. Mm Mm-hmm. There's creepy depictions, there's scary depictions, there's a really wide range. Yeah, kappa are a lot of different things, and it kind of depends on 
At least it used to depend on where you were in Japan, too. Like, different areas had their different legends about these things. I feel like now that, you know, media is everywhere, it's kind of more Culture gets consolidated a little bit. Right. But yeah, like with any good mythology, there's all sorts of stories about them acting in different ways and different details from all over the place in Japan, because kappa are really widespread in Japanese mythology. Yeah. But that kind of makes it fun, too, because there's so many different things from all these different legends. There's so much to say about them. And as we talked about in episode 16, a lot of yokai, a lot of Japanese monsters, you can almost trace their origins to, like, basically the idea is that a lot of these seem like they were made up to scare kids, to keep them from doing things that you don't want kids doing. That argument can definitely be made for Kappa. Yeah. So one really pretty consistent part, maybe the most consistent part of Kappa folklore, is that they will grab people at the edge of a body of water and drag them in and try to drown them. So I think it makes a lot of sense that the Kappa legends probably started with people that just didn't want their kids going near water in case they accidentally drowned or something. They're like, just stay away from there. The Kappa boogeyman's going to get you and drag you under. Yeah, if you got little kids, be like, don't go play next to the river, especially when adults not around. That is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. There's still signs up in different places in Japan warning about Kappa near bodies of water. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's basically, I guess, their idea. Like, keep the kids away. Like, watch out for the Kappa. No adults could be like, oh, Kappa, I'm not going to go to this pond. <laughs> yeah. But a kid might. Yeah. So one thing that struck me about the prevalence of kappa in Japanese society is there's a saying in Japan, hey no kappa. So kappa are famous for their flatulence. So hey no kappa means like a kappa farting. So basically it, it kind of translates roughly into like, oh, a piece of cake. Like it's so easy for a kappa to fart. That it's like saying, saying like a cop of farting is saying like, oh yeah, that'll be no problem. That'll be a piece of cake. It's awesome. That's kind of funny. Did you know, Jason, that Bowser was made in the likeness of a coppa? No. He's maybe not exactly a coppa, but he kind of looks like a coppa. He's got a shell. He's got the turtle shell. He's got the coloring, the scaly skin. And think about his name. His name is King Bowser Koopa. Koopa, Koppa, Koopa. I did get the connection between... I didn't think of Bowser specifically, but Koopa and Koppa. Actually, you know what? I was telling Yia about my research because I just thought, you know, Koppa are so freaking cool. And she's like, wait a minute. What about those... Those guys with shells in Mario. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you mean the Koopas? Oh, holy crap, Koopa! Koppa, Koopa! Yeah. And I looked it up, and yeah, Koopas were inspired by Koppa legends, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we've been playing video games <laughs> with Koppa-derived characters in them basically our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah, and one we of those didn't things... even know it. We didn't even know all the lore. I'm glad I know the lore now. Yeah, you just think, oh, this is a weird Japanese thing. And then the the things I'm going to think about Bowser now, like, oh, 
He never goes near water, though. He's more into fire, it seems like. Yeah. I saw that was like the one big difference, really, is that like mm. you don't see Koopas in water. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, as we get to the end of the intro here, I just wanted to put out a little warning in case you don't want to hear stuff about, I mean, there's some kind of disturbing stuff. We're going to talk about murder. We're going to talk about miscarriages a bit. And I don't know, there's just a lot of creepy, disturbing stuff about Kappa. So be warned. Fair warning. A lot of these legends are old. Things that are maybe off limits now weren't in the past. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some Kappa history a little bit. Okay. But there's not a ton to say because the Kappa's origins are pretty hard to pin down. It seems like before the Edo period, which started around the 1600s, the legends about Kappa were kind of spread around different parts of the country and they weren't like super popular or well-known perhaps. And there was kind of just a lot of different stuff going on. So I found a list of six theories Six, wow. Yeah, six theories about where the Kappa idea came from. And I don't necessarily want to go through every single one of them, but I'll mention at least the more interesting ones. Okay. Okay. So some people think that the Kappa is the Kawa no Kami, or the river god, which is mentioned in the Nihon Shoki, which is that really old historical slash mythological text from the 8th century. I saw that as well, but... It's that's a very vague mention with no details. Right. And then it's a long, long time after that until like a real mention of Kappa is recorded anywhere. Exactly. It's pretty tenuous. But maybe. Some people think that the word Kappa was first used in reference to leech babies. What's a leech baby? A leech baby is a stillborn baby that people would tossed into the river to dispose of them. And I mean, this could even happen actually with living babies. If the family was too poor to support them and they just needed to get rid of them, they just throw them in the river, let them drown. Supposedly. Dark. Well, that's not confirmed. I mean, I believe it. It seems like that could very realistically have happened, right? Yeah, but it's not confirmed. That's really hard to archaeologically confirm. Okay. Well, the idea was that maybe people told their kids these stories about Kappa kind of as a way to explain these little bodies floating down the river so the kids wouldn't be as freaked out if they saw it, I guess. It's pretty dark, man. Yeah. Yeah. I heard potentially those babies became Kappa. Like the legend is that they turn into Kappa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The souls of those babies become oh. the river spirits that are Kappa. That's interesting. Because, you know, we'll get into details of Kappa later, but there's human-like qualities to Kappa. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, another theory I saw, some people say that the image of the Kappa was inspired by Portuguese monks in the 1600s. And this this is going to make <laughs> more sense when we get into what Kappa actually looked like, but... These monks would have worn these big cloaks with hoods that hung down their backs. And I think we already mentioned, right, that Kappa have like these turtle shell sort of things. So maybe the hood was like the shell. Yeah. And then also Kappa have like these 
like a circle of hair on their head, kind of like the monks have, you know, the middle of their head shaved and they just that, got the circle. That ridiculous hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. That, that like... Where did that the, come from? The middle-aged monks had, <laughs> where I'm just going to shave a circle in the top of my head. Yeah. Not to make fun of them or anything, you know. I don't mind making fun of them. It's a pretty our, silly looking haircut. Our hairstyles today would probably look silly to them. Maybe. I mean, the Japanese top knot was kind of an unusual thing, too. Where did they come up with all that stuff, you know? Right. Anyway, wherever it was that the Kappa legend began, the Kappa gained widespread popularity in the Edo period when illustrations of Kappa started to appear in literature, paintings, and woodblock prints. The first known drawing of a Kappa is from 1713. So we got solid evidence at least that far back. But I saw that until the 18th century, kappa were often thought of as mammals, actually, like monkeys or otters. Yeah. And that might help explain some of the weird stuff we're going to talk about when we get into what they supposedly look like. But I think the main reason that they became so much more popular in the Edo period was the advent of all these printed materials and visual media that were all of a sudden circulated around the country, right? So just because of the depictions in these books and paintings and stuff, the kappa image was sort of solidified more into a reptilian sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So Paul, let's talk about this name, kappa, a little bit. Where did that come from? What does that mean? So the name Kappa is a contraction of the words Kawa, which is river, and Wapa, which is a form of Warara, which is child. Okay. So river child. Yes. Yes. Kind of makes sense with that theory about the leech babies. I've seen it's uh, occasionally translated as water sprites. Yeah. as well, but that might be a more interpretive rather than direct translation. Right. And I don't know, water sprite, for, for some reason to me, like the word sprite brings to mind fairies or something. Same, same here, yeah. Like it doesn't sound nearly creepy enough for what this thing actually is, right. you know? I see fairies as this beautiful thing flying through the air. I see a kappa as this little monster like stomping through the <laughs> swamp, like totally different yeah. images in my head. Oh, they're so creepy. So I like some of these other names for kappa, because there, there are a ton of them, really. You got kawataro, which is river boy. You got komahiki, which is horse puller, because they like to pull horses into the water. Yeah. Kawatora, which is river tiger. That sounds a little too cool. Yeah. They're not. No, no, they're not that cool. They're not as cool as tigers. But there are at least 80 other names for kappa used in various regions of Japan. Wow. In the West, like you said, they could be called water sprites. I saw water imps too. Imp maybe is a little closer yeah. for me. I, I think that's a better translation myself. Yeah. They're impish because they're impudent and, uh, hmm. I don't know, kind of gross. Yeah. Humanoid, but like creepy looking and not really human looking. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how little you hear about them in the West. Like, they're so big in Japan, but, you know, like you said, we'd only really seen them in, in the Mario, well, not even 
you know, we saw little references to them in the Mario games, but yeah. I feel like most people in the U.S. at least haven't really heard of Kappa. Agreed. They're too weird, you know? Agreed. I'd heard of them, but I'm a weeb. Where do you think is the first place you heard of the Kappa? Probably an anime. Any idea which anime? No idea. I remember seeing references to Kappa in School Rumble. Okay, that was, that was a good anime. Who is that guy? Kurosuma or something? Kurosuma, yeah, the, the straight man. Yeah, he had like a, a rain suit that made him look like a Kappa. Oh, yeah, like yeah, he yeah, had a, a shell and a little gone, beak, yeah. and he's holding this giant leaf over him. All right, we got to stop alluding to all these features and just actually get to what a Kappa looks like. Yeah, you're right. What does a Kappa look like, Paul? Kappas have scaly reptilian type skin. Okay. Let me, I have some, some stuff here because a lot of people do say they're like reptilian, but some other places it seemed like they were more amphibious. Like they could have smooth, slimy skin or they could have scales. Maybe it's different parts of the country had different yeah, ideas about yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. I saw that too. Like what scaly one place, more slimy another place. Yeah. I saw that they have webbed hands and feet. Yeah, and they can swim really fast. Yeah, they're super good at swimming. Like, I they can saying, swim as well as fish. Yeah, I kept saying they swim like a fish, but I think it must mean, like, swim as fast or as well as a fish. Right. But they're a bit clumsy on land. They feel at home in the water. Yeah, so they're, they have arms and legs. They're humanoid. They're only about half the size or so of a human. They look like a 10-year-old child. Yeah, kind of size-wise. I kept seeing the size of a child age 6 to 10 or so, somewhere around there. They have the head of a monkey, I saw a lot of places say, which kind of, you know, goes back to the very earliest ideas of them being a mammal-like creature, yeah. right? But they have a beak. Yeah, that's weird. Though they can talk in, in well, not in English, I guess. They can talk in Japanese. Yeah. Like they can talk in human languages, even though they have a beak. Yeah. That's but they're weird. magical creatures. Yeah. Right? They can do whatever they want. Yeah. As for the color, it seems like there's a bit of a range between maybe yellowish and bluish or greenish. Some people even say that they can change color like a chameleon. Okay. They tend to have long, shaggy hair. Yeah. But it's in the weird monk cut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because probably the most important feature of a kappa is that they have a bowl-like indentation in the top of their heads. And it's filled with water. When they're not in the water. Right. Well, when they're in the water, it's filled with water, too. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. You got me. That's that's my win for the day. You win. It's hard to get Jason. Is it? Y- it is. Is that how you feel? It is. Until I get a few whiskeys in you. <laughs> yeah, this dish in their head is really important because carrying water in their head dish is what gives them their powers. So if they're walking around on land and they spill the water out of their head indent they lose their powers yep or some people even seem to say that they they get totally paralyzed like they can't even move yep so sometimes you might actually see a kappa wearing a little metal hat 
to hold in the water, <laughs> just to be extra safe. And the indent in the top of their head is called a sara. Yeah. Osara is actually the Japanese word for plate. So it's like a head plate or a head, head dish, I guess. Head dish. <laughs> yeah. Paul, did you see anything about how kappas smell? They smell like fish, Jason. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys are pretty gross by pretty much any metric, you know? They look gross. They smell bad. They're, they're yeah. slimy. They feel uh, gross. Uh, uh, I didn't even think about feeling one. Uh. Yeah. But even though they're small, they're extremely strong. Yeah, stronger than a grown man. Yeah. Did you see about their arms? <laughs> yeah. The thing that says that their arms are like connected inside their shell. Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, but not connected to like the rest of their skeletal structure. <laughs> yeah. Their arms are like connected to each other so that if you pull one of their arms, it gets longer and then their other arm gets shorter. Yeah. Like or if they're like reaching out to grab you, their arm can like become almost both arms and like reach extra far and get you. What if they try to reach like too far and then their arms just kind of shoot out of their shell and like go <laughs> flop on the ground and it's, all of a sudden they don't have any arms well, anymore. Here's the thing. I also saw a bunch of legends saying that it was easy to rip their arms off. Yeah, right? But I was like, you should mention like ripping an arm off, but I was like, wouldn't they both come out? Yeah, those, so there's those, a little inconsistency there too. Those ideas seem to contradict but each other. But something with their arms. Yeah. Always something with their arms. Right. Another interesting thing about Kappa is their butt. Kappas <laughs> <laughs> Kappas yes. have three anuses, <laughs> if you can believe that. So they can fart three times as much as a human. Yep. They are known for their flatulence. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I know a person or two that already like farts way too much. Times that by three. My God. My God. You want to name any names? I Who don't. are these people? I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Can you tell me off, off air? You can guess. Well, I, I can guess one of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. I don't think he listens to the podcast anyway. <laughs> if he does, he's going to stop. <laughs> but you know, everyone's met someone that it's like, bro, that's a little too often. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand one bad day, but this is every day. Or you're just a little too open about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to hide it. Can you go like squeeze one off in the corner when I'm not paying attention or something? Like, just go to the, just save it up of, for the bathroom. Instead of crop you know? dust in the whole room? Like, dang. Yeah. It's not Jason. It's not Jason. No, it's not Paul. Relief. Relief. <laughs> so I also saw some legends say that they have to take off their skin to be able to sleep. What? But that without their skin, they're defenseless and can't get back into the water. I did not see that. So if you catch them without their skin, you got them. So like they're peeling off their skin and then they're just like a skeleton with muscle on it or something. I didn't get quite the full details. I was wondering too, like, I think they peeled off like the scaly part that was waterproof. Maybe that's why they couldn't go back in the water, but I, I don't know what that left them with. 
I almost, my brain almost thinks maybe it was like a translation error and that's like they take off the shell or something. That would make okay. more sense to me. Yeah, know. maybe they take out, yeah, their skin, they, their defenseless is out their shell. It makes a little sense. I don't know. If they laid down to sleep, their bowl would empty. Well, don't they, I would think that they would sleep underwater. Right, most of the time, yeah. This must be only when they're on land. Hmm. So now we know what a kappa looks like, those creepy little buggers. Yeah. So what a kappa do? Well, a lot of things. So I saw that adult kappa are supposed to be solitary creatures. You're not going to see them in groups a lot. The only time you'd see a family of kappa or group of kappa is if there are young children kappa around. Yeah. And the kappa are solitary, but they are known to befriend other yokai or maybe even people under the right circumstance. Yeah. But it seemed like these adult kappa living fairly solitary lives, they must get pretty lonely and bored, right? Yeah. So they need some things to do to fill their time. So they have some, some fun hobbies. One of their hobbies is sumo wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of pictures of kappa doing sumo. Yeah. At first I thought, oh, the kappa are like fighting each other. But no, they will challenge humans to wrestle them, right? Yeah, they take a special delight in challenging their victims to a match of sumo. Yeah. Another thing they like to do is look up women's kimono if they get too close to water. Mm -hmm. Little pervy They They are pervy. They are pervy. They really are. Because their other favorite hobby is farting with those three anuses. (laughs) And they like to fart loudly in public. They're, they're kind of exhibitionists in that way. You know, way. if you had three anuses, there's probably no use in even trying to hide it. So you might as well own it, right? I guess so. So here's a question. Do you think the gas like builds up in kind of one centralized place and then they release it out of three anuses at the same time? Or do you think each anus kind of like builds up gas at a different time and then they're just kind of running around, tooting out of a different anus. You know what I mean? That's a great question. I imagined it as each anus having its own particular farts, rather than farting out of all three at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, what's the point of the three anuses, right? Unless you just have so much gas, like it right. needs to be released from three places at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends a little bit what their intestine digestion looks like, right? Yeah. Which we don't know. The myths don't uh, cover that. Somebody needs to do more research into kappa anatomy, yeah. I think. Yeah, We need to get that arm question answered, too. Right. Yeah. I saw they have one other hobby as well. Sumo's their big thing, but they also like shogi, oh, Japanese yeah. chess. Mm-hmm. So you might catch a kappa playing shogi, or maybe they'll challenge you to a round, and you don't want to know what they're going to do to you if you lose. Kind of do. What do, they, what do they do, Paul? We'll get to that. Okay. But first, let's talk about the type of food that they eat, because there's a lot of very specific myths about food that kappa like. Yeah, what's giving them all this gas? Cucumbers, probably. Are cucumbers known for making people gassy? No. But it's their favorite food, and it's what they seem to be eating the most. And maybe it's that special kappa anatomy. Maybe they just yeah. 
It's one of those things where it's like you're lactose intolerant, but you yeah. love cheese. You, know? you silly coppa. Cucumbers are meant for humans. <laughs> yeah. But coppa love cucumbers. Coppa can't really get enough cucumbers. That's very true. So at festivals, people might offer cucumbers to the coppa. In Edo, which is now Tokyo, there was a tradition where people would write the names of their family members on cucumbers and then send them down the river to basically like ask the kappa to leave their family alone. Yeah. Okay, these are my family members. Now that you know their names, just just be nice to them, okay? Oh, Jason San sent me a cucumber. All right, I won't eat him next time he comes to the river. <laughs> yeah. So I saw another little contradictory part where there's parts of Japan where they say if you eat a cucumber before you go swimming, it'll prevent you from getting attacked by a kappa. But in other parts of Japan, that ensures that you get attacked by a kappa. Yeah, that's not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? You got to look up the local legends before each body of water you go into. Ask the locals, I guess. Are these kappa the ones that are going to rip me apart or... Leave me alone. It kind of makes more sense to me that they would attack you because maybe they can smell the cucumber inside you and they're just like, let me, let me rip that guy apart to get at the cucumber. In right, there. right. This guy smells good. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's kapamaki, which is cucumber-filled sushi. Yeah. So like a cute little cucumber roll is called a kapamaki because it's just so widely recognized that ka- everyone knows kappa like cucumbers. So you hear that name? you know it's a cucumber dish. Yeah, you will see that on plenty of sushi restaurant menus. One of my favorites. It's a pretty good one. There are a few other foods they sometimes are said to like. I heard eggplant could be enjoyed by kappa. Did you hear any others? I did. Uh, soba. Oh. Noodles. Everyone are, likes noodles. Yeah. Okay. Soba's good. Natto. Oh, oh, natto's kind of gross. I could see a kappa eating it. I have some natto in the freezer right now. What? Yeah. What are you doing with natto? It's super healthy. I just eat natto with rice and maybe an egg. Sprinkle some shichimi togarashi on there. Maybe some uh, white pepper, some soy sauce. Okay, anything to make the natto not taste like natto? <laughs> <laughs> I like to shred up some seaweed on there too. I'm sure it's an acquired taste. I don't taste. know. Yeah, I guess I've eaten enough of it that it's... People seem to either like it or not like it strongly, you know? Yeah. I kind of, I forced myself to uh, get used to it just because it's... Okay. It's so healthy and it's like so easy, you know? You just buy a little dish of it, stick it in the freezer, and then when you, whenever you feel like being real healthy, you just eat a bowl of rice with some natto on top. It's really easy. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, another food that kappa like is kabocha, which is the Japanese pumpkin. Which we just learned last episode is a fall food. Yeah, I guess so. Standard fall food. So, Paul, I feel like until now we may have given the impression that kappa are like just kind of silly, weird little creatures. Maybe. And they kind of are, but they're also extremely dangerous in some cases, right? They're hardened criminals, Jason. Yeah especially if they're not properly respected. So we talked about, and back in episode 16, we talked about how yokai and kami, gods, spirits, kind of exist in the same sort of supernatural realm. 
And we learned that there can be a little bit of fluidity there, right? Some yokai can also be considered kami, and they can get upset if you don't treat them as kami with the respect that they feel they deserve. There's a wide range of brutal, violent things that uh, kappa are known to do, from stealing livestock and killing it, to abducting children, raping women, drowning people. I mean, it seems like it always happens right at the edge of water, right? If a horse gets too close, they're going to grab the horse and drag it in. Same with cows. Horses and cows, it seems like they really like dragging into the water. Kids, of course. Women. I mean, anything that gets too close to the water, they might just decide, hey, I'm going to drag that into the water and drown it. Right. And it's so scary because they're so strong and they love sumo, so they're good wrestlers. Yeah. So if you get too close, they'll grab you. And once they got you, it's tough to get out of their clutches. They're going to drag you into the river and drown you. Yeah. They will even eat human flesh and livers, and they will drink human blood. Yep. Now, Paul, we should probably talk about the Shirikodama, right? Absolutely. We have to. Yeah, this is maybe the craziest part of the Kappa folklore. Kappa are obsessed with Shirikodama. Yeah. Which is a jewel that's thought to contain a person's life force or soul, perhaps. And this happens to be located in a person's anus. Yeah. So, you know, some places called it a jewel. Some places called it an organ. Like it's, I mean, it's supposed to be part of the human body, right? It's just the part of the human body that contains your soul. And there are different theories about why the kappa might want this. Some people say that it gives them power. Some people say that they will give it to the water dragon as like an offering. Remember we talked about that water dragon in some of the legends that we told before. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. I don't know what that guy wants with this butt ball. Right. By the way, that word, shirikodama, if you translate that directly into English, it basically translates to little butt ball. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And Paul, did you see any theories about where this idea might have come from? Yes, I did. So when a body's been dead for a while, the sphincter loosens. So if someone drowns and their body washes up cold hours later, they might have a gaping asshole. To put it bluntly. That's a way to say it. So then it's like, what happened? Oh, a kappa must have ripped something out of his butt to make it like that, right? I think it's specifically a drowned body too, right? It's not just like the loosening. It's that it's kind of going to swell up and like open up. Perhaps. And it's going to look like somebody reached in there or something. So yeah, that's the idea is they're like, oh, well, something must have reached in there and pulled something out to make it all gaping like that oh that'd be horrific finding a dead body in a river or something yeah you know there's another idea like maybe the kappa don't reach in there with their hand maybe they suck it out yeah that's a theory that's pretty gross that is a theory like like boba through a straw (laughs) there's lots of pictures of like kappa coming at people's butts yeah oh man there's a lot of Hilarious art. Yeah, the Kappa art. The Kappa art's as good or better than the Tanuki art. Yeah. 
So back to the water dragon for a second. Some people said that the kappa would offer the shirikodama to the water dragon. Some people said that they would offer human livers to the water dragon. Some people say that the shirikodama is actually the liver. Or some people say that the liver, or no, wait, is it the shirikodama is in the way? Yes, it's in the way of the liver. liver. They ripped it out to get to the liver or whatever other organ they wanted. Yeah, a lot of different ideas there. So I saw there's one other thing Kappa are accused of doing that's a little bit more on the mischievous side, but also really perverted, is that Kappa might lay and wait inside of a toilet. And when you sit down on it, reach up and fondle your cheeks. So I saw specifically they would hide in women's toilets. I oh. saw it both ways. Okay. Because I, I did wonder about that because it seems like most of the depictions of kappa makes them sound like male kappas. But then I also saw like there are female kappas. Like, you know, I mean, clearly. There's lots they, of pictures of female kappas. Yeah. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, is it just the male kappa that are this perverted to like hang out in the toilet? Yeah. But I also thought it might be one of those things too, where like the stories are different. Like in one place, it's a story about sexual assault. In the other place, it's like a funny story, like, haha, he grabbed your butt. Mm-hmm. You know, like people like to concho in Japan. Right. Which is, you know, basically like trying to stick their fingers up your butt. Yeah. Like, you know, Japan's always had a thing about butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's my quote uh, of the day right there I love how you put that that was just great wording of that. I don't know I'm going to put that on the website quote from Paul you know Japan's always been into butt stuff I'm not even talking about hentai <laughs> is that an episode of the future what butt stuff Hen- no hentai oh. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I don't know <laughs> <laughs> is this that kind of podcast? Maybe it's getting more more in that direction. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. 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 So, you know, this whole hiding in the toilet to grab your butt kind of thing, that might seem hard to imagine with modern toilets. Like, how does this copper fit into a toilet, right? Right. It's got to be like outhouse type toilets. Like, Yeah. Well, you know, in the toilets episode, I don't have the number written down, but we did an episode about toilets and we talked about how back in the day, toilets might just be this chair with a hole in it over a river. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that's where this legend came from is the copper in the river and they're looking up at the people pooping into the river, and they're like, oh, that's a tempting butt. I'm just going to grab that butt. Hey, you ever pooping over the river, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, what was that? It must have been a kappa. It must oh, have been a man. Kappa. That must have happened, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe you just get a little splash or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. that would be a really a disturbing fish feeling. Up or who knows? Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, so I've thought about it for a minute, Jason. Yeah. And I've made a snap decision. We have to do it. I just really want to be able to say, and today we're talking about Japanese porn. All right, but we need to do it from a purely academic point of view. Talk about like historical, you know. Oh, of course. I wouldn't even dream (laughs) of approaching that topic in any other way. I'm not sure I believe that. It's a topic I'm wholly unfamiliar with. I definitely don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, season three 
Look out for season three, no. people. There's going to be some fun episodes. We'll save that for like episode 200 or something. That's a milestone episode, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Fair enough. We got that one in the bag. Yeah. We're going to pull it out on you guys. Just when you forget that we said this, we're going to pull that one out of the bag. It's going to be our first three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, butts. <laughs> butts. Japanese butt stuff. Um, oh, so here's something pretty disturbing, Paul. I don't know if you saw this. So I heard that when a kappa catches you on the toilet, it might actually reach up through your anus all the way up to your tongue, and then they grab your tongue and yank down, turning your whole body inside out so they can eat your guts. You're just going to be dead before you even know what happened. Yeah. That sounds like one of the worst ways to go. Right? It's pretty gross. It also goes along with that extendable arm theory. Oh, yeah. You know, because they're kind of small guys to get their arm all the way up there and then all the way back down. That's like, a really good point. I didn't think of that. How do they reach all the way up to your tongue? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we talked about hiding in toilets, grabbing butts. But the kappa might also hide in women's toilets to rape them. Yes. I saw stories of women getting pregnant from getting raped by a kappa. Yep. And then when the babies were born, they would be just totally, you know, grotesque, deformed things, as you can imagine. I mean, kappa themselves are pretty gross. So when these babies were born, people would hack them into pieces, put them into small wine casks, and bury them. This is one of those things where I was like, I couldn't make up my mind. Is this just like a disturbing, scary story to tell? Or was this how they explained away birth defects 300 years ago? It's a good question. I wondered oh, exactly been where they came from. Yeah. You know, like what happened here, you know? Yeah. Either way, it's horrific. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now we know how horrifying Kappa can be. But Paul, you also mentioned earlier that they can befriend humans and get along with humans sometimes, right? Yeah, they're kappa are intelligent creatures that can communicate with humans. They sometimes develop friendships. Yeah. So I saw that if you manage to befriend a kappa, they might bring you fresh fish. It's pretty nice. Ooh, that's considered a sign of good luck. Yeah. If you're a farmer, they might help irrigate your land. That'd be useful. Yeah. And... They know a ton about human anatomy for some reason. Maybe they researched it when they were trying to figure out how to get at that butt ball, you know? <laughs> That's how they figured it out. So legends say that they can help heal people. And there's actually a legend that says the humans learned the art of bone setting from kappa. Yeah. There's so many legends where the kappa are just knowledgeable healers. I don't know where that so came weird. from, but it's very prevalent. Why would they know? Is it like they ate so many humans, well, they know exactly how they're put together or something? Well, well kappa can break bones, too. So being yeah. able to like set a bone is, okay. is a reasonable thing for them to know. So their anatomy is similar enough that some of the skills are transferable. Yeah. I've also seen that like they taught humans about certain selves that can like help clean things. Okay. I also saw that if a kappa makes a promise... They are extremely trustworthy. A kappa will not break its word. Yes. Which 
I don't know. These these things are just so... They're very honorable, horrific murderers. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> well, I never promised I wouldn't rape and murder everybody here. Yeah. But if I did, I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, that's nice to know they can befriend humans. But what if I'm not friends with the local kappa? I'm kind of terrified to go near water in Japan right now, Jason. You kind of should be. Is there any way I can defend myself against a kappa? Fortunately, yes. Oh, thank God. I have some strategies for okay. you. Okay, what do, what do I do, I do? Okay, so one thing about Kappa is that even though they're dangerous jerks, they're also unfailingly polite. You know, we just mentioned that they're trustworthy, but they also, they just, they like having good manners. Except the farting, apparently. <laughs> so many contradictions here, you know? But okay. So remember how the kappa have that dish in their head that holds water, right? Yeah, they get their power from it, right? Exactly, that's right. Well, if you bow to a kappa, it will feel obligated to bow back to you. So unless it has some sort of protective covering, it's going to spill the water out of its head, which makes it lose all of its powers. Oh! Or perhaps even completely paralyze it. So... That's one strategy. Just bow to a kappa. And then it gets even better when you give it water to fill its head back up, to help it out, then it's indebted to you and it will serve you for eternity. That's awesome. Yeah. Then you got a little pet kappa that you can sick on whoever you want. (laughs) Oh, asshole Steve down the road drowned last weekend. What a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. So since Kappa like sumo wrestling, too, we talked about that, that's another opportunity to get them to spill the water from their head. They might just get too into the sumo, they're not paying attention, all of a sudden, no water in their head. Yeah, they're really strong, but you'd at least have more of a fighting chance if you didn't necessarily even need to flip them. All you needed to do is get them to kind of like bend over and start losing water and losing power. Yeah. Give you give you a hope that maybe you could win. Mm-hmm. Also, we talked about their weird arm stuff before. If you manage to detach an arm from a kappa, they'll perform favors or share their knowledge in order to get it back. So if you manage to get a tussle with a kappa, try to rip one of its arms off real quick. And then it will trade you maybe some medical knowledge in exchange for its arm back. That's a good tip. You know, it just occurred to me, like, these things are supposed to be super strong, right? But, like, if it grabs your arm or something, and then you pull away, if his arms are so flimsily attached to its body, how can it be that strong if you just can rip its arm out of its socket? Duh, Jason. Magic. Oh, yeah. Okay, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) So I saw some ways that you can repel kappa there are some things that they don't like you know like how vampires don't like garlic yeah so wait 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 yeah garlic garlic it's gotta be japanese version of garlic ginger you got it mm. ginger is one of them almost like i researched this topic or something almost how weird they also don't like sesame oh, all the best stuff Kappas are weird and creepy, bro. That's an understatement. What else don't they like? They don't like iron or really metal of any kind. 
well, that's random. Except yeah. the metal helmets they wear. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Mythical contradictions. What are you going to do? Yeah. They also don't like loud noises. I can relate to that. You know, the older I get, the more annoyed I am with loud ah. places. All right. So if I'm going to the water in Japan, bring that one loud friend with me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. Loud friends are useful sometimes. Sure. Maybe let Steve live just so you can bring him <laughs> along, you know? No, not Steve. <laughs> Someone else. Steve's just the worst. He's not worth it. You know Steve, bro. You know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I apologize to all the other Steves in my life that are not like that. There are wonderful Steves out there. There's just this one guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Anyways, the Kappa took care of him. We're good. Yeah. Another way to drive away Kappa, as much as they like their own farts, they don't like being farted on, apparently. (laughs) I mean, who does, really? So... There's this really famous painting of a man farting like in a copper's face, right? I that think you I see need all over the place. I need to buy a print of that and frame <laughs> it and put it on my wall. I saw this painting everywhere. And then I finally saw an explanation for this painting. It was a promotion for a fart performer. What? Yes. It was a self-promotion thing for a guy that did a show based on his own flatulence. What? Yes. And this and is like would, back in the 1800s, Yeah, right? so his, the shtick with that picture is like, I can outfart a kappa. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And in the modern day, this random little street performer has become immortalized <laughs> in this painting that's all over the internet. Every time anyone talks about a kappa, there's the picture of the guy farting in his face. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm yeah. glad you found that because I yeah. just kept seeing yeah. that picture everywhere. But there's more than that too, right? Like I, I've heard it said that a fart could be a defense. If you get snuck up on by a kappa, if you fart real quick in its face... It'll back it off for a second before it grabs your uh, jewel. I don't know. That seems pretty risky. Like, how many people it's can a just last summon, resort? How do you summon a fart at such short notice? I don't know if you're scared enough. Maybe. Maybe you just poop yourself and then you're just embarrassed well, yourself. That's you know? almost as good. Poop on a coppa, it might back off. I don't feel like coppa are that scared of poop. <laughs> I don't know. Even true. If they're digging around up there, yeah. they're, they're prepared to get their hands dirty. Right. They're like, oh, that poop is cleared out. Now it's just it's ready for <laughs> all me. All right. Yeah. All right. Clean it out. Let's go. <laughs> You're just encouraging it. Yeah. Oh, we got to do that porn episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> this episode's bad enough. Is this getting worse? <laughs> we, should, we should start wrapping this thing up. So we talked about all these historical perceptions of kappa, but they're not quite seen the same way these days, are they? No, I'd say the majority of representations of kappa these days are far more on the cute side than the creepy side. Mm-hmm. They become mascots and plushies and cute little character designs. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of how the tanuki image has transformed over time, right? Or really a lot of yokai. Like, they're more treated as cutesy characters now than 
scary, dangerous things. But not all. A lot, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's funny, yeah. Like, Oni and Tengu are still, like, pretty universally, like, scary things. Yeah. But maybe, like, the more animal-based, you know, Tanuki, and it's easier to make a Tanuki look cute than, like, some sort of demon Oni. Maybe that's it. I don't know. You know, Japan's got such the kawaii culture. It's kind of easy to, like, make a kappa look cute. You turn it a little more turtly, make it a little softer, a little cuter. It like, look kind of like a child. Yeah, it's got the, they like turn the bowl on the head into like a little lily pad thing. That looks kind of yeah, cute. Yeah. So I saw that this cutesy kind of trend started around the 1950s. There were a couple manga by this guy, Shimizu Kon. The manga were called Kappa Kawataro and Kappa Tengoku. And they're just, they're really cutesy depictions of Kappa. Did you see any of that? No. Well, they're really cutesy. You'll just have to trust me on that. Um, Kappa also appear in a lot of modern media, like anime, for example. Apparently, there was a Kappa that turned up in One Piece. Okay. Have you seen any One Piece? No. Me either. I almost recommended One Piece as a joke on our anime night the other night. Because there's like a thousand episodes. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, just yeah. watch this for the next 10 years. Come on, guys. We, if we're anime fans, we should all watch One Piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start at episode one. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> if we get through four episodes a week, we'll, uh, we'll be done in 2053. Yeah. We're not going to live long enough to get through that whole thing. <laughs> or Naruto. Same thing there. <laughs> right. Kappa also show up in video games like Animal Crossing and Yokai Watch. Yeah, I haven't played Animal Crossing, but you have, right? A little bit. Did you like notice a Kappa? I don't think I got far enough into the game where the Kappa shows up. Okay. I, w- I don't know. It wasn't my type of game. It just didn't seem like there was really a point, and it wasn't that fun. It seemed like one of those games that more just tries to get you into the grind, like the daily grind, you know? Uh Like every day, log in and do your little tasks, you know? Most often I've heard it compared to Stardew, which I like. Mm, Yeah. And you like. Stardew is a good game, but I feel like it progresses faster and there's kind of more to do. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. I'm sure some of our listeners are real (laughs) into that. I just haven't played Animal Crossing, so I don't don't know the differences. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, was pretty into it. But Stardew's dope. It seemed like a lot of it is like about decorating your island and kind of making it look cool. And I just don't really care about ah, that. Yeah. I don't know. I want to make the money. I want to expand. I want to I wanna grow. <laughs> yeah. Kappa can show up on credit cards. Did you see that? I think it's like the Mitsubishi Bank of Tokyo or something like that. They have a credit card with a Kappa on it. I did not see that. Yeah. Paul, did you know, did you ever see the 1993 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 movie? Once. Really? Did yeah. you see all of those? One and two, I, we had on VHS when I was a kid. So I've seen one and two like 15 plus times each. Wow. But three I only saw like once. Okay. I feel like maybe I saw one of them once at a friend's house or something. The first two were like actually kind of good, at least for like a kid to watch. Hmm. Okay. Well, in the third one, 
the Ninja Turtles traveled back in time to feudal Japan. Yep. And people called them Kappa. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I, I, at the time, I didn't know what a Kappa was, probably. Yeah, why would you? <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. I kind of want to watch it now. But like I said earlier, Kappa can also be seen as kami, as gods or yeah. you know, sacred spirit type things. So there are actually shrines in Japan where people worship Kappa, and there are even Kappa festivals. In fact, if you're in Tokyo, there's a Kappa temple in Asakusa called Sogenji. Yeah. S-O-G-E-N-J-I. Look that up if you want to visit. You can see Kappa statues there. And you know what else they have, Paul? A mummified Kappa arm. Because yeah. their arms yoink off, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody just <laughs> grabbed it and pulled it off. And now it's at this temple. So the whole neighborhood this temple's in is called Kapabashi. But it's not named after the Kappa, right? It's not. It's named after a raincoat salesman because raincoats are called kappa, apparently off of the Portuguese kappa. So this guy was a kappa which means raincoat seller. This raincoat seller funded the construction of a canal to a nearby river to mitigate flooding. So the neighborhood got named after this guy, I guess, because they were all thankful or something. Hmm. And then somehow Kappa got intertwined. I think there was a legend about a Kappa helped him build this canal. So then they started worshiping Kappa at some point, and the Kappa became a mascot. It might be part myth, part marketing, kind of mixed together. Yeah. So this Kappa raincoat thing that you mentioned... That's like this traditional raincoat made of like, what is it, straw or something? Yeah, this was like the early 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a specific style of raincoat. And I wonder if that Portuguese word that it came from is also the base of like the word cape, maybe? Yeah, it could be. That's just a guess. I I watched some (laughs) YouTube video about capes, why capes aren't in style anymore. Capes should be in style, man. Capes are cool. yeah. I learned the difference between a cape and a cloak is if it has a hood or not. The Yeah, the cloak has the hood. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 We were talking about getting clothes for the Renaissance Festival. I want like a thick wool cloak. Yeah, but it's always like hot at the Renaissance Festival. Yeah, that's true. Well, they should just move the Renaissance Festival to late fall. <laughs> I'd be down. So if you go to the shrine you're going to find cucumbers piled in offering. (laughs) So that's kind of fun. Yeah. You'll see that at a lot of places around Japan where there are various kappa temples around and stuff. And cucumbers would be very common to see at those types of places. In this neighborhood, there's also a whole bunch of kappa statues. Like a lot of local businesses will have a little kappa statue. Some of them are supposed to be really cute. And some of them are supposed to be like really like creepy and scary too. So it just kind of sounds like a fun place to go to go see. We got to go there when we're in Tokyo. We should. We've been to a lot of places, but I've never been to a Kappa shrine or a Kappa temple, yeah. I should say. I've been to a Tanuki street. <laughs> Tanuki Koji, I think it's called. In Sapporo, there's like this shopping street kind of thing where they have a bunch of Tanuki statues and stuff. All right. Well, actually, when I was doing my research, I was like, 
planning our next trip to Japan. And I was like, you know, we got to spend a little time in Tokyo. I was actually thinking like, Asakusa is a cool place. We should go to this Kappa Shrine. Absolutely. So if you're down, it's on the itinerary. For sure. I need to see this Kappa hand. Yeah, right? So, Paul, you think Kappa are real? I want to believe Kappa are real. It would be fun to believe in a world where that kind of thing can happen. Yeah. But assuming Kappa aren't real, which my rational brain tells me is probably the case. Most likely, I guess. There are some candidates that could have inspired tales of Kappa. One I thought especially intriguing was the otter. Hmm. They live in rivers. They're nocturnal. And they sometimes do like the stand up on their hind legs and look around thing. So an otter like doing that in the moonlight in a lake, they would look like a child size looking around. They might look slimy or scaly for like all the water like dripping off them reflecting in the moonlight and the early tales of kappa we learned may have been mammal based so it might have started as an otter like night creature that morphed over time into a more reptilian because that made more sense to people in water or something yeah it does seem like that could be a very likely explanation i also saw and maybe this is more of a recent theory but i saw some people say that kappa could be based on the japanese giant salamander i totally believe that yeah those things are pretty creepy looking they're huge they can grow up to five feet long yeah and they're also known to grab their prey with their strong jaws and pull them into water yeah but they don't have shells true but they are like slimy Yeah. And reptilian. And, you know, in some parts of the country, the original Kappa legends didn't involve shells. I saw that actually in the east of Japan, Kappa had the turtle shells, but in the west, that was where they were considered more hairy and monkey-like. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the middle there, there was like a slimy, amphibious sort of Kappa that didn't have the shell or something. Yeah. Just an idea. But, you know... Something that occurred to me, this is my own personal theory. I didn't read anything about this, so it's probably like way off base and totally wrong. But considering the shell and the extreme aggression that Kappa can exhibit, it reminded me of snapping turtles, you know? I I totally get that, yeah. Like we have snapping turtles here and they can get freaking huge. Yeah. And they're total dicks. A lot of the depictions of the kappa I see, their face and the beak kind of looks like that to me. Yeah. With the shell, like, yeah. yeah. And like almost a slightly more humanoid, large snapping turtle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I actually looked up snapping turtles to like see if they had them in Japan. And this is where my theory kind of falls apart because apparently snapping turtles are native to North America and parts of Central and South America. But snapping turtles are actually now an invasive species in Japan. Oh, yeah, interesting. But don't let your pets out in the wild, people. Yeah, man, snapping turtles suck. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they generally leave you alone if you don't mess with them. If you get anything near their mouth, though, they're just gonna rip it apart. Like their well, their jaws are so strong. Don't do that. Well, I wasn't planning on it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I remember actually. This is a really clear memory for me. 
when I was maybe like 10 years old or something, I was at a friend's birthday party and we went down to a lake near his place. And like, I don't, I don't remember if it was a dare or something, but like some kids jumped off the dock into the water and were swimming around in there. And then as soon as they climbed out of the water, we saw this freaking enormous snapping turtle swim right under the dock. It was like, holy crap, if those kids were still in there when that thing came by, like it could have ripped off a foot. This thing was so big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember we, me and you saw a big snapper three or four years ago walking around the lake. Where? Um, not Fish Lake, the other one. Uh, we, I know which one you're talking we about. We were on like the grass path nearest the lake, and there was just a big snapper right in the middle. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. We should go. And you were like, whoa. And you got like so close, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and you're like all up in its business. Well, now that sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, they are cool. And, you know, animals are cool. Yeah. I yeah, like absolutely. looking at animal, animals. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I also like leaving them to their, to their own business. You yeah, know? well, I was just looking. I wasn't poking at them or anything. No, true, true. You were respectful. Well, a Kappa episode wouldn't be complete without a couple folk tales, right, Paul? Okay. What do you got? Uh, what do you got for us today? Well, I have a couple stories. Did you? How many do you have? All I have is like one very brief story. Okay. I have one about a man named Genta. Okay. Have you heard this one? No. Oh, good. So once there was a man named Genta. He lived in the village of Kawachino. He was very wise and brave and greatly respected, and he had a big house near a river that flowed through the village. Okay. One evening, he came home from a trip, and he had his servants hitch his horse to a tree by the river. Maybe you can see where this is going. Yeah. The river is a bad place to hitch your horse. So the next time Genta looked outside, he saw a kappa dragging his horse into the river. And as if that wasn't creepy enough, Genta also saw his servant out there in some sort of trance, helping the kappa by pouring water into the cavity on its head. What? Yeah. So Genta got pissed, but he came up with a plan. He went and got a rope from his shed. He snuck up on the kappa from behind, and he managed to grab it and drag it away from the river and tie it up with the rope. All of a sudden, the servant popped out of his trance, and Genta told him to go hang the kappa upside down from a tree in the garden. So the servant did that. Then Genta approached the kappa and said, You insolent little bastard. You think you're so great with your supernatural powers, running around stealing horses. Well, now... I'm going to kill you as a warning to all of your kind. Of course, since the kappa was hanging upside down, he didn't have any water in his head, right? So he didn't have any powers. So he was completely helpless, and he cried out, Please forgive me. If you let me go, I swear I'll make it up to you, I swear. And he was crying like real pitiful-like, you know? So Genta felt bad for him, I guess, for some reason. He was real, real pitiful, apparently. And he said, okay, if you promise, I'll forgive you. But first, you have to confess your sins and make restitution. So the kappa confessed that he had done many terrible things, 
and he promised to never pull the people from this village into the river, and he promised he would never do anything wrong ever again. Okay. And that he would make all of his fellow kappa keep this oath as well. Oh, okay. Now that's, that's getting good. It's a good deal, right? So Genta cut him down from the tree and untied him. But before he let the kappa go, Genta made him turn around three times, reciting that oath again each time. So the kappa did this. He knelt down and praised Genta. And then he disappeared into the river. And the village was never bothered by a kappa again. Hey, Genta, the hero. Yeah. Nice. He's a smart dude. Nice. Yep. What do so, you got? The only story I really saw also involved a kappa trying to steal a horse. Mm. And there were a couple variations. One is the horse like managed to drag the kappa back to its stable, and then the owners found it. The other one was the daughter of the horse's owner saw the kappa trying to steal the horse and somehow tricked it back to the stable. And each time they caught the kappa, and before letting it go, to play upon its sense of honor, they made it sign a written document saying, I will no longer harm anyone or anything from this village. Wow. And once the kappa signed it, they knew he would keep his word, so they let him go. All right. Yeah, it seems like a lot of these legends, I mean, they all involve kappa dragging things into the water. Yeah. It's like the yeah. main thing. Yeah. It's always there. Don't get too close to the water is like the one theme running through everything. Yeah. So I got another story, if, if we have time. Okay. So this one is from Gifu Prefecture. So again, there was this kappa terrorizing a village. He was threatening children. He was pulling horses into the river, etc., etc. Just generally being a dick, right? Mm -hmm. So a group of young men in the village decided, you know what? We, we're going to go after this kappa and we're going to... We're going to get them. Get them. So these guys were really good swimmers. So they thought, oh, let's just swim down to the kappa's home and we'll get him that way. Mm, that doesn't seem like a great idea. Not the greatest plan. So, yeah, it goes pretty much how you would expect. The kappa was a better swimmer. So as these guys got close to his home, he shot out and started to grab him and drag him down and try to drown him, right? So the men realized that they were no match for the kappa, underwater anyway, and they retreated. So they decided what they would do to get the kappa next time is they would wait till he left the water and get him to spill the water out of his head. Much better plan. Yes. So the next day, one of the men, he noticed wet footprints leading from the river to their cucumber patch. Oh. Like, oh well, this has got to be the kappa. Yeah. So we got the rest of his group together to go hunt for the kappa, and they found him in the shade of the cucumber plants. So they attacked it. But of course, even on land, kappa are still really strong, right? Mm -hmm. This legend actually says they have the strength of a thousand men. Whoa. Yeah. So the kappa easily fended them off. But he was having so much fun fighting, because, you know, kappa like fighting and wrestling, right? Yeah. So he didn't even notice that he let the water spill out of his head. Ah, uh ha, -huh. Yeah. Fatal mistake. So he became powerless, of course, and was easily captured at that point. So the men tied up the kappa at the house of the village elder as the kappa was crying and begging for forgiveness. 
And then at one point, the daughter of the village elder, she walked by, and the kappa begged her to speak to her father on his behalf. But she's like, no, I know what you're up to. You, you cause nothing but trouble around here. Why would I help you? So she hit him over the head with a ladle that she was carrying. But this ladle happened to have a single drop of water no, in it. Oh, yeah. no. A drop of water fell into the kappa's head plate thing. So all of a sudden, he has all his powers back, right? So he was able to tear free from the ropes that they had tied him up with. But the ropes on his right arm were tied especially well. So he ripped his arm off getting exactly. out? <laughs> he lost his right arm but he managed to escape to his underwater home and was never seen again. Well, it worked then. He didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. All right. As long as you get him to Everyone leave wins. an arm behind, they lose their confidence, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's about all the info I got on Kappa. Me too. If you're in Japan... And you want to experience some kappa, maybe even see a kappa. Maybe. Where would you go? I got a few places. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned Sogenji, that temple, the kappa temple in Asakusa, yep. Tokyo. That's an easy one if you're in Tokyo. Another real cool sound and place I saw is called Kyoto Kappa Museum in Kochi Prefecture, which is on the island of Shikoku. That's cool. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like it looks like you need to kind of take a train to this one stop. One of those like rural stops where it's just like you get off the train and there's just a platform and you're surrounded by trees yeah. and there's nothing else I around. Mean, you said Shikoku and I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So you kind of need to like, I don't know, you could rent a car and drive there or you could just kind of hike a couple miles from this train station. But this place looks super cool, man. They have around 600 kappa statues wow. and other artwork. And it ranges from like the cutesy, you know, more modern depictions of kappa to the really creepy and disturbing stuff. And then behind the museum, they have a kappa shrine surrounded by hundreds of handmade wooden kappa figures. So a lot, lots of kappa to see there. And if you go there... You may as well also visit the Kyoto Hobby Museum Shimanto, which is just five minutes away. And this place also looks awesome. So Kyoto, that name is in the name of both of these museums. Have you ever heard of that, Kyoto? No, I don't think so. So it's a Japanese company that makes figurines. Okay. And model kits, that kind of stuff. Like anime figurines or uh, Gundam models. You know, yeah. So this museum, the Kyoto Hobby Museum Shimanto, they have just tons of that stuff. Like they have all these cases of different figurines, models, comics, toys from like throughout history. Doesn't that sound fun? That sounds great. Now I did see there's also one specific place that is highly recommended if you want to actually see a real life kappa. Would that be Tono? You got it. It's in Iwate Prefecture. And there is a shrine there dedicated to kappa. And you can go kappa fishing here. But what do you use for bait, Paul? 
cucumbers, of obviously. Course. I should have known. So you rent a little pole, tie a cucumber to it, and go sit at the river and try to catch a kappa. Yeah. This specific place that's known for kappa fishing is called Kapabuchi Pool, and it's like the most famous kappa hangout in the country. Apparently, the reason that this area is so well known for kappa is that there were a bunch of kappa legends from around here that were recorded in a book called Tono Monogatari by Yanagita Kunio. Did you read anything about that? Yeah. Did you see that there's a more recent manga adaptation of that book? No, I didn't. Yeah. kind of want to read that. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. So at that shrine, of course, you're going to see a bunch of cucumber offerings left there too, right? And there's a local legend about how the kappa in this area protected a nearby temple back in the day. And the kappa there are also supposed to grant local women who come and pray with the ability to produce an abundance of breast milk. Sounds useful. Right? They don't got to go buy all that formula. Did you hear that? The breast milk thing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's, I don't know where that comes from. It doesn't seem to have anything else to do with kappa as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's interesting. But that seems like a fun place to visit. And like there are local shops selling little kappa gifts. Seems like that would be a really fun souvenir to bring back for somebody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all I got. Same here. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed hearing about these gassy, (laughs) slimy, multi-anist, weird dudes. Yeah. Perverts. Yeah. They are that. But also cute and adorable. (laughs) Adorable little perverts. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, if you want to learn more about all sorts of stuff, or if you're planning a trip to Japan, be sure to check out our website, sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. And if you could spare a few moments to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you found the podcast, that would be awesome. We would very much appreciate that. Paul, what are we talking about next time? Our next episode is one of the most exciting yet. Japanese porn. No, wait. uh, Sorry, sorry. I was going to say that doesn't sound right. Japanese beer. That's almost as exciting, right? (laughs) (laughs) I am am very excited for it because we're going to do a tasting too and do some tasting notes. Yeah, man. So we're going to get to try a lot of Japanese beers next time. We're going to find out just how many Japanese beer our local liquor store stocks. Yeah. We're going to get all of them. I'm going to hit a few liquor stores (laughs) and see what I can find. I'm just going to go to Total Wine. They usually have the biggest selection of that type of stuff. Good place to start. Yeah. Well, I mean, just tonight we tried Sapporo and Asahi. Tried, yeah. I was just tasting. (laughs) Yeah. But Japan has some other interesting stuff. I don't know. Mostly Japanese beer is like light lagers. And they're generally, I don't know, fairly similar. They're at least in the same category of beers. Right. But there are also craft breweries in Japan that we're going to talk about and taste. There's one in in Akihabara that I went to last time I was in Japan. That was pretty good. Nice. And I got some some nice little coasters that we can use for our taste test, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that should be fun. For us, anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> hopefully for our listeners as well. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Another way to drive away Kappa. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just over here. Clink, 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 clink. All right, Jason, I'm done deep-throating that whiskey. Uh, what were you going to say?